What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Elevate Experience. The podcast about overcoming struggles and adversity and how that relates to addiction, recovery, and health. I am your host and the CEO of Elevate Addiction Services, Angie Manson. And I'm Dallas Terrell, co-host and life intervention counselor at Elevate. Thank you so much for joining us, and let's jump right in. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we have a very special guest that I've been looking forward to for a really long time. And I'm going to give you a little backstory of how I came to come across Emily. So I'd been listening to uh, Andy Frisella's podcast for, for many, many years. And at the beginning of the pandemic last year, I was in one of these um, entrepreneur women groups. And they told me that Emily Frisella would be coming on. And I thought, Frisella, I wonder if she's married to Andy. And so quickly, I just looked up Frisella and I saw her picture. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Look how beautiful she is. Not <laughs> saying trophy wife, but, you know, I kind of think of Tom Brady and Giselle. I'm like, oh, yeah, totally makes sense. I get it. So I didn't do much research after that. And she came on to the Zoom and her pre- your presentation, I'm talking about you like you're not here, your presentation yeah. <laughs> uh, was so amazing. You were so well-spoken that I was like, dang, there's a lot more to this lady than just, a, you know, a beautiful face married to Andy. And uh, fortunately, I was able to join Arate and uh, actually even had a live meeting. And you are that much and more. Your uh, company that you, you've started your own, you're the CEO of First Form, Arate, all the other things. You're not just a beautiful face. You're really smart. You're really great. I think we are very much similar in uh, you work in a very male-dominated field, just like I do. And, and the adaptability that you have to have to earn respect in that field, you have that uh, tenfold. And I am super proud to have you on the show and have you as a friend. So thank you for coming oh, on. Yeah, thank you for having me. And it was so nice to meet you whenever you were here in May in St. Louis and get to chat and have dinner together and hang out. And yeah, it was so much fun. And I appreciate the very generous and kind uh, intro there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it's hard to just sit and take it. I mean, it is for me. I'm like, oh, okay. It is. I'm just like, it's it's like when people sing you happy birthday, it's like this awkwardness of like all the lights on you and you're just like, okay, is it over yet? Are they done talking about it yet? <laughs> totally. That's a perfect analogy. I've never heard it worded like that. It's like when someone sings you happy birthday. It's true. Yeah, it's like yeah. the greatest worst feeling. It is. It's It's always awkward, no matter how old you are. I mean, I'll be 40 soon and it's like, it's still awkward to me. Like <laughs> I've had 40 tries, almost 40 tries at this, and it's still terrible. It doesn't get easier. (laughs) (laughs) Is it more awkward to sing happy birthday or to get it sung to you? Sung to you. Okay, sung to you, hands down. Or if you're (laughs) singing, if you're like doing Instagram story and your voice is going to be prevalent on there because (sighs) I sing like a cow's dying. Me too. So (laughs) that's awkward for me. So it's more just like, I'm just like, I mouth it so people think I'm participating, but that way it doesn't pick up on my phone. <laughs> it's all strategy. Yeah, life yeah. hack. There, yeah. That's a good life hack. Just mouth it. Yeah. Well, and we've learned it's through fine. the years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what are we diving into today? Well, God, there's so many areas that we could go into, but I really like your perspective uh, on fitness and you've changed your your mode of fitness through the years. Can we talk Mm -hmm. about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that that's just like an evolution as you get older. 
Um, and I think it's just um, generational in a sense, because when I was a teenager, it was the starvation diet, don't eat, be skinny as a toothpick, don't have any hips or butt or thighs, or you know, you have to have a thigh gap that's two miles apart and all this other stuff. <laughs> and then as I got a little older, then I started trying to, you know, quote, work out. And it, and I was an athlete all my life. I played volleyball all through school and in college, but then I took like a sabbatical after because I was like tired of training so much and everything yeah. else. When you get back into fitness and you're like, I'll just do cardio because that was when cardio was like, women were just cardio bunnies. So I did all this cardio and I never was happy because I would just be a smaller version of what I already was. And meaning, you know, you would just be like, quote, skinny fat, you know, because I wasn't actually doing anything to put on any muscle or better myself or change my actual physique the way I was built because all I was doing was cardio, but I didn't understand that. And then um, I had uh, went to Baylor to get extra or certified in exercise physiology and kinesiology, as well as nutrition, because I was after I sold my very first business, when I started my first business when I was 20. And after I sold that, I went to help a friend out that owned a gym while she was going through a divorce. She needed a general manager. So I had to go and get certification in order to properly, you know, teach these people um, about nutrition and everything. So I did that and I learned a lot. And then that's when it kind of started to evolve a little bit more into like eating more. I could actually get a better um, results from actually eating. Shocking, I know. And, you know, having a protein rich diet and actually learning that I didn't have to do cardio. I needed to lift heavy weights. And so it was just this nice uh, little growth through the fitness journey. And now I do cardio maybe three times a week for seven minutes, unless I just want to go for like a leisure walk, you know, some steady state cardio. But then I just, I just train in the gym and I just enjoy it so much. And, you know, no matter how, like, it takes a lot for a woman to get quote bulky. And I feel like that's what was so manufactured and mm -hmm. shoved in our faces when I was younger of like, if you lift any weights, you're going to look like the female Arnold Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger, I can't even say it then that's absolutely false. So it's just learning to listen to your body and you're, you don't know how good your body is actually designed to feel until you actually start taking care of it and eating clean, having a protein rich diet, and then you see the results and it, you get hooked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I have to agree a hundred percent. I was never great at cardio because I have a heart condition. So I was like, well, I guess I'll never be fit, but it wasn't until CrossFit and I started lifting weights and learning how to properly lift weights, not just go to a globo gym and yeah. try to figure it out for myself and the yeah. movements and then the empowerment. And then, and I had the same misconception, like, oh, I, I'm already short and stocky. I don't want to become bulky. And my friend laughed at me. She's like, you wish, do you know what you would have, how much you would have to work out to become bulky? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. crazy. You're, you're, you know, you're not working out four hours a day. And so once yeah. I got over that and over myself, I realized the power and the fun in lifting heavy weights. And uh, yeah. I enjoy seeing muscles. It's awesome. Yeah. Like you realize yeah. and appreciate other people too by knowing how much work they put in mm -hmm. to look that way, not just and I, don't eat. Yeah. And I feel like as women, if you know you're putting in the work, you know, day in and day out and you're taking care of yourself and you know, I'm not going to sit here and act like I eat this perfect diet all the time. I mean, I definitely like, I have a major sweet tooth and, you know, I like good food. I grew up on a farm, like, you know, it was big fried chicken and mashed potatoes. And like, I, that's me. Like, I love that food, but I eat healthy 95% of the time that when I do want to indulge and have, you know, a meal like that, I don't feel bad about it because I know I'm doing the work, but also I feel like what came with, with lifting weights and taking care of my body more is I didn't care about what the scale said because I knew I was doing the work. Yeah. I used to be obsessed with the scale. Like 
before, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and weigh, and then you would like go, I'd eat lunch, then I would want to weigh. And I became obsessed with this number. And then now I look back and um, I post on my uh, Instagram occasionally, this picture of me, I'm in a white tank top and uh, blue jean shorts. I was down the river. Um, it's been, I was like 22 years old. And I weighed the same then as I actually do now, almost 20 years later. And it's the body composition is the main difference. And that's what I, you know, that's, I, I share that to share this with other women, especially young women that, you know, like you can look totally different, but weigh the same. Cause everybody's afraid of like, Oh, I'm going to gain all this weight or, Oh, she's, right. she's, you know, too muscly, not me, but like just people are too muscly. You know, she weighs too much. That's not the, that's not the case. You can completely transform your body. Like you are like an artist, like with a, a clay, you know, and you're molding the clay of your body into what you want it to look like. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, and, and that's the thing I struggled with my first two years is I kept obsessing over the scale. And finally, one of my coaches is like, you know what you need to do with that scale? You take it out, go bring it to the parking lot and back over it and don't ever look at it again. <laughs> because I was like, I'm not losing any weight. But obviously my body had changed, but I was like obsessed with this number. And uh, I think that was part of our upbringing of, yeah. of obsessing over like, you know, I got to be 90 pounds because I'm five foot three and... Uh, Oh my gosh, that's, you want to know how extreme I was with this? So I'm five foot 11. I went in to get my driver's license and I think I was like 145 pounds at that time. I, tr I tried to lie and say I was 125 <laughs> on my license because that was like the golden number of like women should weigh 125. And I'm like, well, I don't look it, but I'll put this down. Yeah. And I remember my mom was laughing at me when I told her I was going to do that. She's like, honey, she's like, if you have an accident and they look at your license and they're expecting a 125 pound woman, they're going to be looking around looking for a 125 pound woman. And I was like, that's a good point. So um, then I put the right weight on there. And she wasn't saying that as like a dig, but she always just teases because like she would always say when I would like complain and I was never, you know, I went through like little chubby moments, but are uncomfortable. I wasn't like fat. I never had like a major weight issue, but I remember her telling me this to this day. I still think about this. She said, because uh, I would complain and want to take all these diet pills and whatever I could to be skinny like the girls on magazines because I was a, I was a volleyball player so I always had a bigger butt bigger thighs bigger, you know what I mean and I didn't that was not trending then back then and uh she's like honey she's like one day you're gonna look back and wish you were as fat as you thought you were then <laughs> and so I actually think about that like as funny as it is I'm kind of like it's actually true because I'll look back at pictures that you know maybe I was like super on point with my diet and you know you know this like we kind of go through phases like i don't think anybody stays totally fit and ripped all the time you no. get into it then you kind of like you know chill a little bit or life takes over a little bit and then you get back into it so i'll look back now even of pictures where i thought i would i felt i remember feeling like i was fat or i had more work to do and i'm like damn i looked really good like why was i complaining you know and then it like that becomes your inspiration for what you want to get back to <laughs> exactly yeah the same thing happens with age you know i remember but thinking i look so old at 30 and i look at that now i'm like what was i thinking like really you know what's funny though okay that brings up such a good point because andy and i were talking about this the other day is we looked back we've been together 13 years and we look back on pictures then we look older 13 years ago than we do now because we weren't taking care of ourselves. We weren't eating great. We were drinking probably three nights a week, going out, having fun, all this stuff. Now we take care of ourselves, eat healthier, still have fun. We don't drink, but maybe, you know, once or twice a year, maybe for our special events. So it's like, I mean, it's like you almost start to, you can start to reverse age if you start taking care of yourself. And that's the big thing is like, as you get older, you don't want to wait till you get to a point where you're like, 
well, shit, I just let myself go. It's important, especially, I wish I knew then what I know now, mm -hmm. and I would have started taking care of myself better in my twenties. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that so much. I literally was just on a trip for Thanksgiving with my little brother. It's his first year in college and he's drinking and eating like crap. And I was like, dude, in a year of you doing this, you're going to be fat. Yeah. Like every day you're eating more calories and all the sugar and all this beer and you're doing nothing and yeah. it's going to catch up to you, dude. I was like, so here's the deal. I'll pay for a membership for you to go to the gym. He's like, ah, I'm okay. Thank you, though. <laughs> and I was like, well, Man. just let me know. And uh, That's an awesome gesture, though, for you to extend that to him. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I don't want to see him, like, you know, make kind of like what you said. I wish, yeah. I wish I knew that when I was 18 or 19. And yeah. This but I also feel like coming with age, you start to move a little bit. You know, you're moving away from the just – pure aesthetic look mm -hmm. and you start to focus on, wow, I actually feel better because, you know, there's times like, you know, like we just, you know, black Friday just happened, you know? And so with my business, it was just, it was wild. You know, it's been crazy. We're still trying to catch up and get everything shipped out. So I didn't work out for like three days, had minimal movement, except just in the warehouse back and forth and checking. Stuff. And like today I'm like, I cannot wait to work out. Cause yeah. I'm finally like kind of out of the thick of it because just in that little bit of time, you like, you just feel more sluggish. You don't feel as good. And so it's not even just that I'm afraid of like, oh my gosh, three days, I'm going to get fat, which is what I used to think back in, you know, the earlier days of like when I was like more obsessive with it. But now I need to do it because I feel good. I operate better. I'm a better person, a better friend, a better spouse, everything when I'm taking care of me and putting myself first. Yeah. And, Absolutely. And that's amazing words to live by. I go through the same when I go out of town and I'm, I even had Logan, my son, who goes to Baylor, by the way. Um, who <laughs> so he uh, he can tell like he's like, Mom, White, you need to get in the gym. You're like kind of grumpy. You're not doing so good. When was the last time you worked out? And I'm like, oh, you know, busy, busy. Oh, I guess it's been about three days. He's like, yeah, I can tell. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. OK, wow. It really has. I have made that transition where I need it. I do, it's not like yeah. forcing something I hate. I actually love it and I actually need it. Exactly. It goes from the shift of something you quote got to do to something you get to do and want to do mm -hmm. because, you know, and some days, you know, the, the best thing that I, I love to do and is if I have like these crazy busy days, I try to always make it a priority and I will go over to our gym. And if I'm so slammed, but I just need to get some movement in, I'll do emails on my phone while I walk on the treadmill or my yeah. laptop sits perfect on like the handlebar area of the stationary bike. So I will work while I'm literally riding a bike. So I just find different ways to make it work. Or, you know, when I'm editing a book or something like that, I'll hold my laptop in one hand on the treadmill and I'll like be typing and reading with the other one while I just something to be able to like, make sure I get that movement in every day. Yeah. That's, that's funny you said that. Cause ironically yesterday I, I knew we were podcasting and I needed to move, but my yeah. legs are so sore. I couldn't work out. Like I, I was telling Angie earlier, I was like, my legs have never been as sore as they are today. So I was like, I need to move. I was off yesterday and I, I put on some podcasts with you, Emily, like from Apple music. And I just rode, I rode 10,000 yeah. meters and just, but like, listen to you on all these podcasts, yeah. just like get two things done at once and they yeah. feel better today. I need it. I need to move. Absolutely. To yeah. And that's the thing is that, you know, people think they have to totally disconnect from the world, which don't get me wrong. That is nice to do whenever you're working out to just be like in your zone and just focusing on you right. and everything. Like that. But we always use that we're too busy as an excuse. So finding little creative ways like that to make shit happen 
is makes all the difference. Like you said, you know, you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to an audiobook while you're rowing or while you're riding a bike or work. You can always find a way to work it in on these crazy busy days. Yeah, we try to, uh, you know, we have uh, exercise as part of our recovery program. And so we really try to work with our clients so that it becomes such a part of them that it is a priority when they leave as well because they're gonna hit the same barriers. I mean, for us, when they're in the program, it's easy. It's like, oh, six o'clock, I go to CrossFit. It's like all laid out for yeah. them. But when they leave, now they have to create that time and motivation and mindset to go do that. And so it's it's a learning process to get people to make that a priority. And uh, you know, that's our hope is that they do it long enough where it becomes like part of their recovery is their yeah. working out. Well, and it's so crucial too, because I mean, I know obviously, you know, this as well, but it's like, you know, there's always these memes and stuff you hear that, you know, fitness is the most underprescribed antidepressant that there is. And it's the most effective. Right. So, you know, you get that endorphin rush, it's going to help you stay balanced. And people don't realize that there's so many more benefits. Cause I feel like our generation growing up was you work out to be skinny period. That was it. It was not for the health components, for the longevity of your life, for your cardiovascular health, for your muscle movement. You know, there was none of that stuff was glorified. It was, hey, be skinny, work out. And that was it. Or in my case, do drugs to be skinny. Don't even worry about working out. Yeah. <laughs> I did the easy way yeah. or not so easy yeah. way. <laughs> short term, it was easy. Yeah, it was easy in the short term. Yeah, super yeah. easy. Yeah. But yeah, I would yeah, try yeah. to get sober and I would just start putting on all this unhealthy weight. And so for me, getting sober wasn't an option because that equaled getting fat. And so, uh, you know, sim similar to what you went through, I went through, but in a different perspective. And I think that's also difficult for women wanting mm -hmm. to get sober because not only do they not want to get bulky, but they don't want to get fat. I was just going to say, do you think that's because I've heard that with people that are smokers, they don't want to quit smoking because they are going to gain weight. Yep. So do you find that in your work that that is an actual voiced concern? Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to bring that up a little bit earlier. So ironically, I'm one of the counselors at Elevate, but I'm also the CrossFit coach. So I kind of have this and I meet with I meet with every client. There's like certain things that I do with every single client. So men and women and at the end of everything, I'd always be like, Hey, so you're going to come see me in the gym, you know, cause it is a big part of our, our yeah. culture, the community, and also the program. And so I'd always kind of use the counseling as an opportunity to, to push the fitness for kind of whatever, right. whatever thing that they were going through, whether it, you know, was like body dysmorphia or, you know, malnutrition or even just anxiety, depression. And you could imagine all four of those things show up almost with everybody, yeah. especially with the women too. Mm -hmm. They get sober and they start putting on weight. But the, the problem is that, they, that they're malnutrition. So like the idea that they're healthy is, is incorrect. You know, like they're not really healthy, but they think they are. Right. Then yeah. they get sober and they eat three meals a day for the first time in a month. And they're like, oh, holy shit, I put on 10 pounds. I put on 15 pounds. And so I'd spend a lot of time with men and women just being like, you look healthy. Like this is health. Yeah. So right. now if you don't want to continue gaining weight, you got to get in the gym, you know, and let's right. control this healthy look. So I guess to answer your question, I would say if 10 women came into my office, it comes up eight times. You know, wow. where they don't want to get into the gym because a they don't want to get they don't want to gain more weight yeah. or 
you know, they don't want to get into the gym because they're afraid they're going to look bulky or the, there's the opposite where they're in the gym every day and then they're running and they're trying to like eat less food. So it's totally a problem on both sides of the spectrum, yeah. but I think they're in the best place to like confront it and, and actually get some good like takeaways to deal with it. Yeah. Like it can get addressed. Yeah. Proper education because there's not a lot of it out there. And especially in that world, you're not out there seeking like good health. You're pretty much doing the opposite. So definitely it's a lot of giving them proper information. It's it's proper education because you Google anything, how to lose weight, how to do this. I mean, it's all over the place. And there's so many, you know, so much like contradicting information out there that nobody actually knows what to believe. Right. Where one says starve yourself one place does this one place does that and that's what I tell people like when they reach out and you know I don't do like nutrition consultations or anything like that but they'll ask about well how many you know what are my macros what should I do this and what's an online calculator I was like all that stuff is bogus because I can enter in my exact information and one calculator will tell me to eat a thousand calories and another one tells me three thousand calories you know what I mean it's just it's eating for your body and for your wellness. And the, and the thing is like, when you are eating regularly, like, you know, you were talking about, they don't want to eat, but yet they're working out all the time. They don't understand that the food is fuel and that's, what's going to help them to actually not gain weight and to build muscle and increase their metabolism. Because I'm sure a lot of people that you guys work with, they're probably, you know, the, the malnutrition stuff, their metabolism is just shit. So they're going to gain weight initially yep. until they get a healthy metabolism, which can take months or even like, I remember I worked with a diet coach one time years and years ago, like 15 years ago. And they had me on 900 calories a day. It was oh my wild. Goodness. And um, I know I was, so I usually am around 145 pounds. I got down to 133 pounds wow. at 5'11". I looked very, very sick yeah. at that weight. And um, it's just, you know, they don't realize that. And it took me a year, about a year and two months to actually get my metabolism back healthy to where you know, my body could burn calories effectively again. Yeah. To like regulate, it takes a long time. I I think you'll, so when I came to elevate as a client myself, this was like seven and a half years ago, I was, I'm six foot one and I weighed 140 pounds. So, right. Exactly. So by the time I was done with the program, I weighed 225 pounds. So I gained 80 pounds in under three months. But there was the swing where I put on so much weight and worked out so much that by the end of it, I had 30 pounds extra. So then I had to like course correct. And now, you know, I've been working out five, six days a week for seven and a half years. Like I'm 195 pounds. Like that's with muscle, not a lot of fat. And that's kind of 190, 200 between there for the last seven years. But I think the key point that you're hitting on is it took work and time. And I think like Emily, you're talking about, if you Google it, you're going to get the first five things are take a pill, lose the weight, take a pill, be heavy, you know, quick, quick, quick fixes. And it really takes like the willingness to write it out where you put on the uh, healthy weight and then get it back to where it should be. Um, And a lot of people just don't have the patience or don't want to. They want the quick fix. They don't want to put in the work. and, you know, for anybody listening to this, you know, whenever this, you know, airs, it's now is actually the time to do it because we're in winter and that's when you can wear more clothes so you can hide if you got a little fluff before. Because, you know, like a lot of, you know, if people listen to this, it's a lot of like fitness competitors. This is their quote bulking season. They eat more. They put on more fat. That way, at the end of winter, they can start training and, you know, they train harder and more, more you know, to try to get that fat pulled off. Mm-hmm. And then 
reveal some, you know, bigger muscles, a different physique, things like that. So, you know, yeah, there is that awkward, uncomfortable moment of making that transition of, okay, I've got to get healthy. I need to start eating more and I need to work out. So you're going to feel like that little fluff or that little extra layer of fat that you have that you don't normally do. But the thing is, that's all part of the process. You know, like we all heard a million times, didn't come on overnight. So it's not going to go off overnight either. Oh yeah. So it's giving yourself that grace and knowing that you're working towards a better you and giving it, giving it time. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I will say, you know, I started 75 hard. Uh, it was over a year ago is August of, of the previous year, but it took me cause I failed several times deep into it, but a whole year to get 20 pounds off, but it was a healthy loss. It was little by yep. little incremental, not like eight pounds in one week. It was like, and, and, yep. and the, again, that's where you got to practice that patience and be okay with the process of losing it yep. in a healthy manner, not in a overnight, you know, I'm going to lose 10 pounds kind of manner. Well, I always tell people, yeah. Cause like the faster you lose it, the faster you're going to gain it back. Like oh, I yeah. always call them poop teas when people drink that tea. So they like basically shit themselves <laughs> so for weeks. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, that sounds fun. Like it's terrible. Like, why would you do that? So it's like, you know, that's not actually real weight loss. You're just draining your body of nutrition and vitamins and minerals that it needs. That's why you feel like crap after you don't have any energy. So it's, you know, it's, it's understanding that that is all going, it, it takes time. It is a healthy thing. You know, it, it'll take me you know, a month and a half to lose five pounds, right. but I know that's just how my body is, you know, cause you know, I like to teeter around the same weight. Like, and it, if I get a little fluffier, it's fine. Like I know, okay, I'll just give me a month and I'll be back to normal, you know? Right, right, right. Yep. Oh, no, that's man. super true. At, uh, at Elevate, at least in my experience, we would use kind of the analogy for sobriety too, but mostly fitness and weight and stuff like that is kind of like, However long it took you to walk into the forest, it's going to take you that long to walk back out of the forest, you know, and that's such that is a great analogy. That's yeah, that's perfect. When you put it that way, it's like, of course, that makes sense. And it's like, well, then why do we think that it's not the same for getting sober? You know, you you ruined your life for five years. It might take five to fix it. You know, (laughs) we've been eating terrible for five years. It's you've been at Elevate for 13 days, you know, like, right. of course you haven't <laughs> gotten to yeah. where you're trying to get to, you know? Yeah. Uh, totally. It's just funny, you know? And, uh, yeah. I was also thinking too, like, there's so much misinformation out there. It's really hard to like debug it, you know? And right. there's so much misinformation that it almost seems like someone that maybe has the information. It's harder to trust that person too, because there's so much bullshit out there. Right. Exactly. Like how do well, we know all- that that's not just more bullshit? <laughs> yes. It's like paralysis by analysis. Like there's so many things you're being told and it's thrown in your face as to this works, this works, this works. But then you, you just like, you freeze. You're like, you know what? I don't know what to believe. I'm just not even going to mess with this. And they push that their, their goal of getting healthy or losing weight or whatever it is off the table because of that. Yep. Yeah. So I, that's the thing is that with all the stuff that's regulated in the world, like why is that information not more regulated, you know? And the thing is that, Every, everybody is a different person. So it's going to take a different measure of, um, effort for everyone. You know, there's some people that I'm just going to preface this with, I hate them, that they have great genetics and they can eat like shit and like look amazing. Yeah. (laughs) This guy, his engine is like, I'm like, damn dude, I'm so jealous. Yeah, kick kick him off the podcast. Yeah, get I'm out of here. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> I'm no, gonna go but, eat whatever I want. I'm yeah, for real. Like I want to say like f off right now. No, <laughs> I don't know if that's allowed on your podcast. You can so. say it. You can say it. But, 
<laughs> no, but you know, it's under, I always call it the friend diet, you know, like don't do the diet your friend is just because it's working for them. Right. You know, if, if, if you and I were on the same diet, it might be too less, too few calories because we're very different in height. It might be too few of calories for me or too many for you. And we're going to get different results. Everybody is built different. Everybody's DNA is different. Their genetics are different. So it's, it's about what works for you, you know, through the years, I'm sure you guys are both the same way. You know what works for you. I know how to manipulate my body to get results. I know that I always have this goal. I want to say two weeks away from being my best is what I always say. You know what I mean? Like two weeks of all out full effort, working out seven days a week. I can be exactly where I want to be, but I know, but that doesn't, doesn't come easy. It comes from years and years of trial and error and finding out what works. So now I know exactly what to do. I got to increase my calories. I got to drink a little bit more water. I got to do hit seven days a week for 14 days in a row, or two weeks in a row rather. And I'll be exactly where I want. You know what I mean? So it's just like learning what works best for you and having that patience with yourself. Cause it is, you never quit learning, you know, cause never. every year your body's changing a little bit, you know, as you age your hormones, all this stuff. So it, you have to, it just, the key word is grace. You have to have grace with yourself when your fitness journey. Yeah. Well, and you nailed it from the beginning. Cause I used to try to do like the RPM, which was like six meals a day and every two hours. And I just didn't have the time for it. I didn't no. want to spend my entire Sunday meal prepping for the whole week. I didn't want to stop what I was doing. And, and for me, my blood sugar doesn't drop. So I didn't need it. So for me, like intermittent fasting, I'm great with keto intermittent. Yeah. I don't measure, I don't weigh, I just eat this specific food only two times a day. Yeah. And that's what I do. But could I do that? Could somebody else still do that diet? Probably not. Cause some people's blood yeah. sugar drops super low and they need that food every two hours. And yeah, uh, yeah it's completely individualized and you got to try all the different ones to see what works for you. I used to do that the six meals a day, two, three hours apart. And like, I remember I would go home and visit my parents and I would take my food with me. And I never, I was never like a competitor or anything like that. I just did it. Yeah. And my mom was like, God, you're like a baby on a feeding schedule. And I was like, I really kind of am. But I remember I had a photo shoot for a fitness coach and I was with all these fitness competitors and I've never done that before. So I was putting so much like stress on myself yeah. to be able to compete quote, compete with these people. So I didn't look like I was like the outcast in this group with this photo shoot. So I was like, you took, if you would tell me to eat 3.76 ounces of salmon, I was eating 3.76 ounces. Like it was to the letter. And I remember I went home because the photo shoot was on mother's day. And I went home the Saturday before to celebrate with my mom and dad for mother's day. And, um, I was standing in their kitchen. I taken, it was, you know, tilapia and broccoli and some rice. And I was standing in the kitchen over the sink eating. And I was just like, miserable shoving this food in my face i started crying and my mom was like why are you crying i was like i'm just so tired of this i do not like this i'm not happy it's not worth it i'm so skinny and it was after that photo shoot that i was like i'm not doing this again and i just stopped and now i'm kind of with you angie like i'll have a protein shake and then i'll train and then i'll eat two meals a day and like a snack and i drink a ton of water and it's where i find myself not only feeling my best, but I'm, I stay in my zone of genius longer. And I call it that. Cause like, I feel like I'm on, I'm more yeah. sharp and focused when my brain doesn't have so many carbs floating around on it and so much food floating around. I feel lighter. I feel more energized. So it's just, it's about finding what works for you. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think another thing too, Emily, that was cool that I enjoyed, I was listening to another podcast with you and you're talking about your cookbooks and how you love yeah. food and all that type of stuff. And so I went to culinary school prior to getting sober. So I kind of have that same experience where like, I enjoy cooking, I enjoy food yeah. and making food and 
all of that stuff. So it's kind of like really cool to to work out, but also eat. It's like one of the yes. things we do every day. It's like don't right. make it so monotonous of where it's just you know. And some people are are on both sides of the spectrum where we love food or foods just this like boring broccoli, chicken, rice. You shove right. it down, and it's just kind of like a means to an end. It doesn't matter. Right. Where yeah. I'm on the other side where I love food. Like it's yep. this, it's something that like I put on a pedestal and am kind of swing yeah. the other way, you know? Yeah. And then I work no, out like, super hard. <laughs> that's the thing is like, if I go on vacation or a difference, like I want to, I don't, Andy and I have a thing. We don't do chain restaurants. You know, we want to go to like, I like that. the mom pop places or like the unique places. Cause like, I just want to try the new things that are different things. And like, yeah. you know, I, I, I swear all I follow, like, I love watching dogs and food on Instagram. That's like Instagram reels. I love to watch because you get so, like so many ideas and things and, and it feels it just, good. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah. With all with all the other BS going on on social media, puppies and food is like that's that's, that's your the wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it is. It's like I just I love food. I love trying new foods, making new foods, like, you know, getting curious in the kitchen and making these things. And yeah, like the tilapia and bro broccoli thing, I was just so over it. I'm like, this is not fun to me. And the thing is, I don't enjoy cooking when it's literally the same thing all the time. Like I have yeah. zero fun with it, you know? So yeah, 100%. I, I'm the same way. And that's why those diets never work for me. I don't want to spend my whole day doing it. I don't want to eat it all week. I'd rather eat less meal, but have it be really good and something I enjoy. Yep. And I yeah. sort of trained my son to be a snob with food because we love just really good food. I'm like, look, you don't need to eat as much when it's really good. And that's true though when there's when it's more flavor rich when it's yeah. actually whole good ingredients Organic, one you don't feel like yeah. crap afterwards and two it's like it is more filling because it is a higher quality you're not just eating like preservatives and thing and there's also a thing too is like you know you can still eat healthy and have super flavorful food it's yeah. just it doesn't have to be fried chicken you know what i mean there's different ways to make it healthy and things like that and you start to have a love for that but then as you start eating good food that's also healthy it kind of diminishes those like bad cravings for like quote junk food mm -hmm. to where you want, you would rather wait for this like good wholesome meal with the good, you know, whole foods full of flavor. You're not going to feel heavy and weighed down afterwards or sleepy. So I don't yeah. know. No, of course. And I learned and that through being at elevate, like in treatment for 90 days, like, you know, I was doing a bunch of drugs and probably barely even eating. And then when you don't have any money, where do you go? You go to McDonald's and Jack in the Box. You have three yeah. bucks to spend on food. And so that kind of tends to be the lifestyle generally for myself, but also like the clients that elevate. And so, you know, we have three meals a day that are all whole foods and you know, some are meatball sandwiches, but at least it's real food, you know? Yeah, but there's yeah. still a salad bar where you could do the meatballs plus the exactly. salad without yeah, exactly. the bread. Exactly. <laughs> I chose the meatballs, yeah. obviously. But <laughs> the thing that I noticed was after the 90 days, I the next time I had junk food, it destroyed me. Like, yep. oh, my, my stomach. I was on the toilet for like two days. Like, it was yeah. a whole thing. And it made yeah. me realize that, like, just whole foods, like, I started to realize that it was like the fuel. It wasn't just mm -hmm. like something you have to do. It like fueled me yeah. and I got my energy because I use drugs and cocaine yeah. and that's where I got my energy. Yeah. Once I realized that I actually get energy from an apple, I was like, right. oh my God, holy crap. This is a whole new world. Like if I yeah. eat an apple and have coffee before a workout, like I'm just as good as 
pre-workout right. and cocaine, yeah. you know, it's just as good. <laughs> yeah. But it's so true what you say about, you know, like you don't have any money. So you go to McDonald's and I actually had this conversation with a girlfriend the other day of like, you know, with what's going on in the world, like inflation and, you know, families, you know, losing their job and their, yeah. you know, their financial situation has, you know, shifted or drastically shifted. I'm concerned about the future, the health issue as a whole, because, you know, what happens because now it is going to turn to, there's something messed up when you can go to McDonald's and feed a family of four for $15. Yeah. But yet if you want to eat, you know, a meal, you know, a good meal yourself, it'll cost you 12 to $15 per person to make that. Let's say if you have some chicken and a vegetable and a potato or a starch, whatever. So it's just, that's, what's alarming to me. It's like, where is health headed with what hap- what's happening in the world right now? what people their what their options are not because they necessarily want it but it's all that they can do at the moment and what does the future look like for that you know in the healthcare and everything you know yeah those are great points and they're real they're super real well and it was started you know with the pandemic when the only restaurants that were allowed to be open were mcdonald's somehow that was essential yeah, so don't but- tell me it's about health when the liquor stores and the fast food places were open but yet you couldn't go into a mom and pop you know store to get a good meal or you know or go to the gym so yeah that's another that's a whole other podcast though i don't want to i'll freaking ramble on this stuff forever so (laughs) we we are the same uh unfortunately it's like so all intertwined you know with mental health and how people you know responded due to what happened last year and how they're living today and as we know we're looking down the road where it's heading as it doesn't seem to be changing due to uh, how it's continuing down this road. So it's, yeah. it, it is a little, scary. well, Andy and I, I don't know if you listen to this podcast that um, he had shared this on is that, you know, we don't really go out. We're even before the pandemic, we're very like introverted. We like to be at home. We like to just hang out with the dogs and, you know, cause you guys know, like you're, if, when you're working with people all day and you're on the phone or it's you're on social media, it's like, yeah, you just, yeah, exactly. It's like, I always call it a social hangover because you're just like, Okay, I just need to like recharge and like be alone. Of course. So we never went out like a ton anyway, but um, we went out maybe like we've gone out four or five times since literally the pandemic started. And we went to one of our favorite restaurants that we used to go to all the time, like, you know, two days a week or something, we would go there and we would see this, these groups of people. And, um, you know, then we went, I think, right before the pandemic when like lockdowns happened. And then we hadn't gone back for, gosh, it was like a year. And we just went in there again, probably it's been maybe two months now or so. And those people that we, you know, we used to see are now 30 to 50 pounds heavier each. Like they just didn't use the time to take care of themselves. They're in a worse place now. And they're still just drinking and eating and like just binging instead of actually taking control of their health, which to me, I don't get, you know, like we had two options in the pandemic. You work out at home and you just try to stay healthy and get moving in. Or you just say, well, I'm home. I'm not going to do anything. I'll just watch TV all day. But it's like, that was such an opportune time for people to really take control of their lives because things weren't happening. They didn't have events to blame or they didn't have crazy work schedules and traffic to blame for not being able to go to the gym. Or you know? travel, so, you know, I'm traveling. I can't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just, it's, it's really looking in the mirror and saying, what do I want to do with my life? And am I happy? And, you know, I find happiness whenever I am you know, taking care of myself and working for the, for the best person that I can be, because it's not just for me. It's like for my family, for my staff, for my teams on both, like with my companies and the companies that I run for Andy, you know? So 
It's just, I, I know that I want to hold myself to that standard for them and be a good example for them. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a magnitude of reasons why I do what I do, but the, but at the heart of it, it's me. It's what, what am I going to be happy with and how am I going to thrive? And that's what it takes for me to be the best person I can. I love that. And I think that's what happened, unfortunately, uh, to other people, not you, not I, but uh, you know, we make jokes and there was a million memes about the day drinking and it just became yeah. commonplace because people were in fear. They were like scared. They didn't know what was happening. They're forced to stay home. This was a coping mechanism, but they didn't come out of it. Then it just right. became this spiral of bad eating. Don't go to the gym, drink more. And, and, and now we're seeing that, you know, what a year and a half, almost two years later that people are still in that spiral. They didn't pull themselves out of it and it's just getting worse. And they're wondering That's why am I depressed? Why am I you know, have anxiety. Yep. Why are all these happenings? And it's like, well, you kind of physically created it. There was something legitimate happening, but you chose to handle it in this manner as opposed to working through it and doubling yeah. down and working harder. That's such a good point as far as like they go down the spiral, but they forget that it's time to come up. Yeah. And then they just, <laughs> they just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And yeah, that's such a valid pointer in the way to put that. Yeah. Well, and it's become acceptable. Like when you see someone with like, everyone's just like, okay with it. Like, you know, be happy with your plumper body, be okay with not being fit. Like, you know, it's becoming very acceptable to not be healthy because of we want to make people to feel good about themselves. And then nobody's holding them and they're ne definitely not holding themselves accountable. You can't feel good about yourself when you're not doing shit to take care of yourself. That's plain and simple. This fucking, I'm, I'm like, I just watched you physically get so fired up over I'm there. Like, it, it literally is like a trigger point for me because I'm so tired of that bullshit being spread across like every platform of eat like shit, drink like shit, don't do shit. And you're going to feel great about yourself. That's the biggest damn lie I've ever heard in my life. And they are literally setting people up for failure and bad health and their early death and everything else and all these diseases because they're not taking care of themselves. Like it's become normalized mm -hmm. to make sure like, Hey, if you're, if you're obese, that's okay. Just love yourself. I've never met someone that was obese that loved themselves. They always want to change. You know, Andy shared before, you know, he was 350 pounds before actually he was 380 at his highest. He wasn't happy with himself. No. You know what I mean? Like, and it's a lie that we tell ourselves, but the thing is like, and how dangerous is this message that they're spreading that you're trying to tell someone to love themselves and to be comfortable in their bodies and everything else. So you're telling them this, but yet they don't feel that. So then you're adding another factor to their to their mental issues of like, you know what, I hate myself. I don't like myself. I need to lose weight, but they say to love myself, but I don't. So now I'm confused. How do I do this? They're making the whole entire issue of the obesity in the country way worse by marketing that. And I'm tired of companies pandering to that as well. Why are we not lifting and encouraging people to say, Hey, let's get healthy. Here's how you can do it. No matter what size you are, let's start with just a little bit of movement. If you can only walk for five minutes a day or 500 feet down your driveway, start there. I, it just makes me so frustrated that that is the message that we're trying to spread to people is just love yourself, do whatever you want right. and just be happy because that's, that's not true. You're not equipping people to actually be their best self. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And we watch that happen just kind of left and right. And what makes me think of is like, in my head, like love is a feeling. It's not like a thought or an idea. It's something yeah. that you feel and you, you can't, you can't feel love for your body when you're not treating it properly. Like it just, right. it's a, it's a formula that doesn't make any sense. 
And so right. it's kind of like we have these two people in the world and they either examine inward or they examine outward, right? Like outward, you're looking for something to make you feel the love or feel good. And then on yep. the inside, you're actually working through what makes you feel love, feel good about yourself and your body. And yeah. it's kind of like there's two groups and some people do yeah. it this way and some people do it that way. And right. the people on this side know that this side doesn't work. And the yeah. people on this well, side no, are like, no. but we want it to. <laughs> yeah. Well, love is an emotion and consistency is an action. It takes that action to be able to, to get back to that love moment of feeling that, that actual love for yourself and liking who you are. Yeah. You know, yeah. even, you know, we just, talk, like we talked about earlier, you know, I haven't got to train in three days and I just, I don't feel great. You know, I feel yeah. the most confident and the best about myself whenever I know I'm putting in the work every single day. And to know how you guys know, like to know how you feel when you're taking care of yourself is such a rewarding feeling right. that I get frustrated because I want other people to feel that, to feel how good their bodies are designed to feel, to feel how they can actually feel about themselves and not lie to themselves under this mask that they try to preach about loving yourself no matter what, you know, and like to love yourself is to actually take care of yourself. Right. And that's where like this misinformation and live longer and be happier and have more things and enjoy more things and have better friendships and relationships and everything else, because you feel good about you. You know, you're going to be able to put your best foot forward every day, you know, and you're not going to fall into this like self-loathing, like pacifying yourself. And just then you get sad and then you're eating more because you feel this way. And then you're frustrated. It's like this it's like they're saying that to put you in a hamster wheel to keep you unhealthy right. to make more money off of you for shit. Well, 100%. And you and I are like in some of the same entrepreneur groups and you'll see people high producing and every de every, de every demographic is hit. It's not just, you know, poor people are fat. It's like literally everybody. And you have high yeah. producing entrepreneurs who are depressed. And the first question is, what's your diet and exercise routine look like? Well, I, and it's like, okay. You know, yeah. they even people that know the answers still won't put in the discipline to make themselves yeah. feel better. They'd rather say, I'm depressed and have anxiety. Give me a pill to fix this as opposed to putting in the work. And that's the thing is they don't realize that they are a high performing entrepreneur and they're not taking care of their health. How much better could you be if you were, you know, like, and if, if they're money driven, like, cause I do one-on-one -on -one business coaching with clients. And if I've had this happen a few times with my clients, I'm like, okay, so you're making this much money right now. Cause if it depends on what, like I find what their goal is. Like, are they more about impact? Are they more about the, you know, the, the monetary, what, 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 what's their thing. And especially for monetary uh, people, you're making this much money now. What if you actually did this and invested in yourself, how much more money could you make? And if they're an impact person, whether they want to contribute back or whatever they do. I'm like, well, how much more energy would you have to actually volunteer and give back? Or how much more money could you make that you could put into your foundations or your charities to give back? You know, there's, it's all part of a sequence of, you know, your life and your health. It all leads to the other, but people just think that it's all just about the aesthetic and it's just to be skinny or it's just to be this. It's right. like, there's so, it is more mental than it ever is like external physique. All right, guys, that's our show for today. We hope you found some value from listening. And if you did, please share with someone you know or love. You can find us on social media. We are at Elevate Addiction Services. And if you or a loved one are struggling with addiction, please call our toll-free confidential 24-hour helpline at 833-33-SOBER or visit our website at elevaterehab.org.